All right, if you join me tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 6, please. If you turn your Bible there in 2 Corinthians, chapter number 6, and we'll continue our study in the book of 2 Corinthians. And we come tonight to a subject that is very, very controversial. And I think it would be probably identifying identifying doctrine of independent Baptist. I think there's two that would identify us. One would be the doctrine of separation. The other, the doctrine of soul winning. The thing that sets apart growing, vibrant, exciting churches is soul winning. They that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. Amen. Amen. They rejoice to see the Baptist who stirred, the waters in the Amen. baptistry uh, being disturbed. It's exciting to see men and women, boys and girls, young people come to Christ. Uh, that, that's exciting. And then tonight, I want to just read you some scripture. I'll begin reading in chapter 6 and verse 14. And I want to I wanna just, just take the scripture there. And then I want to just kind of give you an a, 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 a intent um, ex- explanation of the scriptures. Now notice if you would, verse 14. Especially young people, I'd like for you to see this. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I wonder how many of us need a theological degree to understand that. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We'll talk about the yoke in a minute. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, if that wasn't enough, let's just go right on down to verse 1 of chapter 7. We'll conclude our reading there. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 
Man, I tell you, that's kind of stout, isn't it? Then it just kind of puts it on the level where all of us can understand it. Amen. And uh, I give you some notes last week. But I believe Paul is calling this church to separation. The church has allowed the world to creep in. In other words, the church was a little worldly and the world was a little churchy. You know what I'm talking about. And if you're not careful, the drift in the worldliness is very subtle and very slow, but it's very deadly. Because if you look in the Bible, it talks about being a friend of the world, and then it talks about loving the world, and then it talks about being conformed to the world. So when you and I become friendly with the world, huh? how do you fall in love with your mate? You should become friends first. That's where a lot of folk goof up. They fall in love before they become friends. Actually, they fall in lust before they become friends. But the the relationship should begin with friendship. And something in common and something that uh, draws you together and something that builds each of you up. Friendship. And then the love is is generated and, and then matured. Would to God that's true, but it's really not true in a lot of cases. And then there is a conformity to one another, you know. Uh, I've seen husbands and wives that started looking like one another. That's bad when they so conform that they start looking like one another. Amen. It's bad enough that they act like one another, you know. But, uh, but, uh, uh, we have here Paul calling this church to separation. In other words, some of the Christians had begun to daily dally around in the world and and the world had slipped in and fornication would have been openly practiced in the congregation and they were puffed up about it that they were so understanding and so Christ-like they allowed that to happen in the church and and then there was arguing and bickering and childish and cliques and so forth on in the church. And Paul here is saying, now, I want you to do something. I want you to come out from among the world and be separate, saith the Lord. And then uh, he answers the question, why should we be separated from the world? And let me tell you why. We're different. A child of God. A genuine, born again, blood-bought child of God is radically different from an unbeliever. And if there is no radical difference between a believer and an unbeliever, then Christ is confused and Paul did not really know what he's talking about when he said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I am different from an unbeliever. 
Believing young people, Christian young people, are different. If there's no difference, there's no conversion. Because there's no doubt the Bible teaches a radical difference between a believer and an unbeliever. And here he gives us five differences. Could I cover them for you, please? He gives us five differences. Notice if you would, please, and I'll try to give them to you. A believer is different in fellowship and an unbeliever. Look at verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And that is a quote and a reference back to Deuteronomy chapter number 22 and verse 10, where that Moses said, Thou shalt not yoke an ass and an ox together, and there shall not cross the breeds between animals. That is forbidden. Why do you not yoke an ox and a mule together to do your work? Because they are different. The stride in the ox and the mule is different. The height is different. Paul is trying to say there is a difference between an unbeliever and a believer. Just like it is difficult, impossible for these two animals to be union and fellowship and be unified and pulling the plow and making the work done. So a believer and an unbeliever, it is impossible for them to fellowship. He said, what fellowship? There is a difference Notice the Bible talks about an unbeliever. That is the word that we get unrighteous and lawless. I could have no fellowship with an uncontrolled, lawless kind of life. This individual says to God, you take a hike. This unbeliever says, I'll do what I want to do when I do it. And I'll do it any way I want to do it. This unbeliever says, God, you just are not going to control my life. And the believer, on the other hand, is sold out to Jesus Christ. Who believes the Bible. Who lives the righteous laws of God. Who tries and strives to please God. This unbeliever strives to please himself. Cares nothing about anybody. That's why we are to come out from among them and be a separate and not be yoked up together with unbelievers. You say, well, I got a friend that's not saved down at school. If you'd start living right, he'd either get saved or he'd get rid of you. Because if you're saved, 
you can't fellowship. What do you got to fellowship about? He hates God, you love God. He has rejected Christ, you have accepted Christ. You go to church, he don't. You should have a Bible on your person and he'll laugh at you if you do. What have you got in common with an unbeliever? And then we say, well, we'll marry them. And after we marry them, we'll get them saved. Good luck. You see why folk don't like the doctrine of separation? I never had to tell my friends to get away from me when I got saved. I just started carrying a soul winner's New Testament right here. And I began to ask them, if you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? About twice of that. And they started kind of shunning me when I come around the corner. They said, here comes old fanatic. Here comes the guy. Here comes the Jesus guy. I didn't have any trouble fellowshipping unbelievers. They didn't want to fellowship with me. I don't know why. It just, salvation made difference in me. You know why that unbelievers has no fellowship with unbelievers? This is deep. You're different. You got a different daddy. You have a different eternal home. You work on a different rule book. You're just different. Five differences. The first one is we're different in fellowship. Verse 14, we're different in communion. Communion. Greek word koinia, union, partnership. Let me ask something. When a saved person and an unsaved person gets married... What communion do they have? What, what, what do they have to communicate about? Uh, this unsaved person's reading Playboy, and this one's reading the Bible. Let's talk a minute. What are we going to talk about? The two things that's so important in a marriage, fellowship and communion, is not possible. Between two people who is saved and unsaved. You see, that's the reason he said, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers because it don't work. You understand that? It don't work. One won't go one way, one won't go another. Did you ever see a stubborn mule? Buddy, they'll lock up and you can't get them to move. They just stand there. They're Baptist all the way. (laughs) Amen. Have you ever heard this old old thing, stubborn as a mule? Have you ever heard that? Uh, that That's no joke. I mean, if a mule wants to park... He don't need a meter, buddy. He just parks. You can kick him. You can threaten to kill him. You can build a fire under him. And he just sits there and don't move. The ox 
You guard the ox, he wants to move. Now the ox is having to drag a stubborn individual who refuses to move. It just don't work. Kids, it don't work. Don't date unsaved kids. It don't work. You say, well, preacher, I'm 16 and don't have a boyfriend. Come over at my house, sit on my couch, and we'll pray about that and watch a Western together. But preacher, you don't understand. I am a macho meathead athlete. Look how big I am. And I don't have a girlfriend. Well, your breath stinks. That's why. <laughs> Listen to me. Don't settle. Don't settle for what the world wants to give you. Don't do it. Come out from among them. Be a separate. Find you a mate that loves God. And you find a mate that loves God. And you find somebody that loves God. They'll know how to love you. Even if you don't know how to love them. They'll know how to love you. And God forbids us to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why? Because we're different. We're different in fellowship. We're different in communion. Thirdly, we're different in attachment. Look at verse 15. And the first part of the verse. Verse 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial is an Old Testament word used for Satan. What, uh, what concord hath Christ with Belial? An unbeliever who is a child of God... And an unbeliever, help me now, who is a child, John eight forty four. ye are of your father, the devil. Concord, attachment, concord is the same word in the Greek that we get harmony and symphony from concord harmony in a choir harmony as we sing or play the instruments the choir has to be on key and pitch the orchestra just one just one instrument off just a dab, and there's no harmony. There, there's no concord. There's no symphony. What attachment does Christ have with the devil? That's how much attachment an unbeliever has with a believer. The first sermon I ever preached in my life the very first, I preached out of 1 John 3 and 8. 1 John 3 and 8. He that commits sin is of the devil. 
For this reason, Jesus was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy, annihilate Satan and his works. Paul says, what concord they have is the same concord that an unbeliever has with a believer. Won't work. Different daddy. Amen. Different daddy. One daddy is the author of holiness. The other, the author of sin. One is the author of sacrifice who gave himself for us. The other is the one who wants you to sacrifice for him. One does not want to get, one wants to give you eternal life. The other wants to ruin your life. That's the reason separation is in the Bible. But it's difficult for the kids to be separate if the parents will not be separate. You, you can't, you know, if mom and daddy is running around with riffraff, talking like they talk, smoking and drinking what they smoke and drink, and their attachment is that of faithlessness, then what do you expect from the kids? I read this, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? Light and darkness does not coexist. What concord hath Christ with Belial? Notice this. And we are different, not only in our communion, but we're different in our faith, the Bible said, And what part hath the, he that believeth with an infidel? Infidel is a kind of a strong word, would you say? Even if I didn't know what it meant, I wouldn't want to be one. Even if I, even if I was a toe-headed jerk... I'd want to be jerky on something besides an infidel. And it just merely means someone who has chosen to reject Jesus Christ. Just not just an unbeliever, it's someone who has maliciously, intentionally has chosen an agnostic an atheist, someone who has chosen to not believe. Now you tell me, what agreement? What an infidel lives by sight, how does a believer live? Somebody tell me. By faith. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, and I hope you do realize this, but when you got saved, 
you moved into a new sphere of living. You moved out of sight into faith. You moved out of the explainable into the unexplainable. You can't explain this church. You can't explain how it started, where it started, and where it is today. I visited last night a church that's much, much older than our church. And it's a typical church, just a shotgun room church. Not very many people there in a revival meeting. God bless those that were there and the faithfulness of the preacher. But man, just look around. Try to explain this. You, you can't explain this. It's out of the realm of explanation. We got folks who live by faith. They give by faith. Amen? Amen. They exist by faith. If things don't look just exactly right, they don't have a nervous breakdown and take off and buy a bottle of booze and drink their cares away. They know that by faith, our God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. Kids, you need to realize you can do all things through Christ. You live in a different sphere. You, you should live in a, the sphere of faith. You should not settle for the first little jerk that comes down the road that can carry a football. I'd rather marry a ping pong player if he's a real man. Amen. I'll settle for a checker player if he'll go to work, live for God, make a living and be a soul winner. Amen. Don't settle for sight because we live in a different sphere and that's why we're different. Hmm? We're just different. The world drives by and says, Wolfenbarger must have several million there in his church. And I say, no, I got one. His name is Jesus. Amen. 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 And if you sat by me and in our church, you wouldn't know it. Because millionaires in our church don't act like it. Because they live in a different sphere. Look at Lanny. Lanny's got more money than anybody. You seen the car he drives? Amen, Lanny. Amen. Brother Pickett, the richest man I know. He never buys lunch. He lives in a different fear. <laughs> it's okay to have fun. But the Bible says, Paul says, church, you're living in dangerous territory. You're, you're letting the world slip in. And some of the things you're allowing in the church is not going to work. So what you need to do is not to be unequally yoked together with the world and with unbelievers. And then he says, this is the reason. Because what fellowship hath righteousness 
with unrighteous. He closes with this. We're different in our worship. Verse 16. Verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? If God throughout the Old Testament, I'm done. If anything throughout the Old Testament turned God off and angered God and hurt God, it was idols. God's people was continually returning to idols and worshiping idols. Some of these idols, one, for instance, you took your little baby a large steps, an open furnace there, hot burning fire. Molech the God had an extended arm thus lay. And that brass or metal God was heated red hot. And God's people would take their innocent infant babies and lay them on the arms of that false God as the flesh began to fry and the babies begin to cry and roll those babies off into the belly of that furnace-filled God. It's called the valley of weeping, the false God, an idol. He said, preacher, I would never do that. But I wonder if maybe we're sacrificing our babies on the God of this world and we're filling their heads and their hearts with the wrong kind of gods. And you're going to wait till they get teenagers. Then you're going to come to the church and beg me or Andrew or Jim or somebody to try to salvage your kid from drugs or alcohol, or something else, all because you thought, you thought you could worship the gods of this world. Our worship is different. Our attachment is different. Our communion is different. Our faith is different. Our fellowship is different. For that reason, God said, In verse 17, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Separation is twofold. Now listen. Number one, separation, you separate from something to something. Too many Baptists just separates from the world. But you've got to separate to God. The prodigal son didn't just come out of the hog pen. He went home to daddy. You got that? Well, I'll quit this or that. I'll quit drinking. I'll quit dope. But I'll watch television on Sunday. Whoa. That dog won't hunt. You done hooked up with a jackass. No, you are the jackass. And you can't yoke up 
You know why? Because you're different. Separation is twofold. You come out, you come to. Come out, I will receive you, God said. You come out of the world and you come to God. On God's terms, not ours. On His terms, not ours. And you say, well, how much fun am I going to miss? Absolutely none. Well, what's it going to cost me? Listen. And God giveth wealth and addeth no sorrow to it. You got that? The wealth you get in this world, I'll guarantee there'll be sorrow mixed with it. There'll be disappointment. There'll be hurt. There'll be losses. The stock market will go south and you are going north. Amen. But when God gives wealth, it's permanent. And he adds no sorrow to it. Man, it's just better to come out among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. And God will receive you And boy, listen to this. And I will be a father unto them. Sometime, if you want to ask Andrew in private, can you count on daddy? Can you count on daddy? You want to ask me if I can count on my daddy? And I will be a father unto them. You can count on my daddy. He will be a father unto them. Now, would you rather have the devil as your daddy? You know how much he wants to take care of you. (laughs) You know how much fun he's going to let you have. You know the end of that book. But if you'll come out from among them and be you separate, God said, I will be a father unto them.